This is a Double J podcast. For copyright reasons, the music has been edited. edited. To hear the full tracks, listen to The J Files, Thursday nights on Double J. Or head to doublej.net.au and click on the track list at the bottom of each episode. Hey there, it's Kaz Tran. Welcome to The J Files, the podcast for people who love music. Each episode is like a quick music history lesson. We pick a different artist or band, we look at some of the most important moments in their career, and we celebrate their impact on music, all in less than 30 minutes. We also give you access to the Double J and Triple J archives, packed full of iconic interviews. On this episode, it's Brisbane band George, who set themselves apart in the early 2000s with their soaring sounds. I was always very determined to be as honest and as vulnerable and sort of bare in my lyric writing. Playing live was a love of every single member of the band, Paulie, Kate, Jeff, Ty and myself. We just loved playing together. We were always aspiring to make our music as meaningful as possible and I I guess that really shone through, I guess, for this record. George combined elements of opera, jazz and classical music with the brilliant vocals of brother and sister Tyrone and Katie Noonan. Their debut album, Polly Serena, was an instant hit. It went straight to number one on the ARIA music charts in 2002. Within 10 days, it had achieved gold record status and it went double platinum by the end of that year. It saw the band win an ARIA award for Breakthrough Artist Album and six songs off the record were voted into the Triple J Hottest 100. But back in 2001, when the band were about to head into the studio to record Polly Serena, they had no idea of the success that was about to come their way. Here's Katie Noonan and guitarist Nick Stewart talking to ABC Brisbane about the origins of the band and heading into the studio to record their very first album. Yeah, we've been slowly building our own reputation for four years and building our sound and redefining our music. But we've always been firmly independent and maintained complete creative control over over everything that we do. So um, that is usually a slower and longer journey, but more fortuitous in the end. Is it any easier to do that these days? The scene is definitely a bit better now because of the strength of things like Triple J and also in Brisbane – you know, the number of internationally renowned bands that have come out of this small city, you know, is pretty phenomenal. So, yeah. And with the development of this kind of computer technology, your home recording and all that sort of stuff is much more feasible these days too, isn't it? So I guess it's easier to have crea- a greater amount of creative control than you otherwise would. Yeah, that's definitely true, yeah. It definitely gets you started a lot yeah. easier as well. Ty- Tyrone recorded our first EP on yeah. his um, Cubase system at home and we pretty much set up in the kitchen, did the vocals in the kitchen because it had a nice reverb, high ceiling. And Some guitars in the bathroom. Guitars in yeah. the bathroom sounded great. Yep, <laughs> amp in the shower, that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. Yep, it was definitely, and that was an enormous learning curve. Now we do try to create the opportunity to work with producers who can... Which is uh, happening this year, is it not? Yeah, we're just about to go in the yep. studio with David Nicholas who actually produced one ARIA Best Engineer of the Year for Blue Sky Mining. Be in your pocket, and um, for 
In Excess Kick, I believe, and heaps of other this great bands. Yeah, we leave tomorrow to um, go down to studios in Sydney. We're really looking forward to working with with him, and so that'll be the new single, which I think we're releasing in April or so. Yeah. And then overseas this year too. Yeah, we've been accepted into playing at the Montreux Jazz Festival in Switzerland, which is incredible. Yeah, it's pretty it's full on. on. Yeah. yeah, and we've just actually been told that we're doing five nights at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival as well at the top venue for five nights, 10 o'clock every night. Wow. Um, nice. And possible shows in Italy and London. So Things are starting to happen. Furiously trying to get... Yeah, well, we've to- been touring Australia extensively, kind of five to six months out of every 12 on the road touring Australia. Um, since uh, mid to late 98, I think. Mm-hmm. So that's quite, you know, we've been doing a lot of touring here, so it's good that we've been offered the opportunity. We wish you well with the recording this year and the touring and that kind of thing, and I hope you'll come back and see us, and you are going to sing and Nick's going to play something for mm. us now? Yeah. You want um, to set this up for me? Sure. Okay, well, this is pretty much our new single um, that we're, as I said, going down to record next week. This is the acoustic version of a song called Special Ones. This is Katie and Nick from George. First, so rather than trying to protect you, I'm going to cover my bases first. So rather than trying to open my heart, I'm going to lock it with the key. So that only the special ones can ever get through to me. Yes, that's Special Ones, performed on ABC Radio in 2001, before it had been properly recorded and released. Here's how the studio version ended up sounding. Katie Noonan and Nick Stewart from George. Welcome into Triple J. Thank you. Thank you very much. Got to start by saying congratulations. Thank you all. <laughs> How thrilling is that? Not long after the release of Polly Serena, George spoke to Richard Kingsmill on Triple J. It was just as the album had gone to number one on the music charts. It's pretty incredible. It's, yeah, it's still very bizarre. Where were you when you heard the news? WA? In ah. Wah? Ah. In Wah, in, in Yelling Up. Yelling Up. Just after we just played in Perth with Spearhead and then we drove down with Wicker Beats, Wicker Beats Sound System, down to Yelling Up. And, um, we were yeah. having dinner in the we were, yeah. in the restaurant of the hotel there at oh, Cave's yeah. house. Yeah. And uh, three people from the record company on three different mobile phones. Bang, <laughs> bang, bang. Kept bang. on ringing. <laughs> and, and then, then uh, we called we, Mum and Dad yeah, and friends. And, yeah. and, and we yep. just sort of realised right there together. Around the, around the table. Which so. is the perfect way to Yeah, we were all together, yeah. which was nice. Did you order champagne immediately? Well, um, or did the record come we had a gig. Yeah, the next day. We had a gig, so yeah. I was kind of, oh, wow, well, yeah. time to focus on a but gig. But the moment we, <laughs> yeah, we, we landed in Sydney and uh, got changed and went straight to a, I think it's called the Cargo Lounge. Mm. And, uh, and had a bit of a, a, bit of a 
a night. A night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, uh, the company from Melbourne came up and our, rec- our management company and we yeah. all got together and just said thank you to all and the David people Nicholas, involved. And David Nicholas, who produced the album. We got him down from the North Coast, yeah. which is nice. Well, and that's Rat- good because it's a nicely produced album, so I'm glad you sort of paid credit to the producer oh, too. Oh, yeah, so. he's fantastic. David, David was really integral to the process because he was quite involved from the very early stages in pre-prod, like when we were rehearsing and he helped us kind of get the 40 tunes down mm. to the 13 that made it on the on the final album. You had 40, 40 to choose from. Yeah. In between 40 that. and 50, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I went away on a big songwriting sabbatical <laughs> off to Coochie Mudlow, which is this tiny little amazing strange island off Brisbane. I don't need, actually, no, it's not even an island. No. It's 4.5 k's complete circumference. <laughs> so, um, is that the word, circumference? Yeah. 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 So, um, but is it on the coast? Is it off the coast? Yeah, just like Stratty, that kind of vibe, Moreton Bay. Up right. There. Anyway, I went off and set myself a target of a song a day for a couple of weeks. Uh-huh. And so there's lots of new stuff and then old mm. things and Ty had come up with heaps of new material and Nick and Ty. You and I. Because a lot of these songs would have been at least, what, four years old? Yeah, well, Sell Out was the first song I ever wrote for so George. So that's six years old. Since 1996, that's six years old. Wow, six years now. Yeah, six years. Yeah, we're Bastard Son, we wrote three, four years three, ago. Three, three years ago, yeah. Spawn was written four or five Spawn, years ago. Mm. Yeah. And all of these songs are very familiar to Triple J years. Definitely. Yeah. Because well, of previous we, releases. Yeah, we kind of wanted to put, I mean, we wanted it to be all new and fresh, but we thought we felt that we should put Spawn and Bastard Son because that's such an integral part of our journey kind of thing. And, and, and our sound. Think, yeah, yeah, mm. and the live gig. Mm. I mean, there's never really a gig where we don't do those one of those two. <laughs> with with recording it live as well, that's obviously <laughs> going to be the best way for you to do it because you've done so many shows and it must have been easy in a way doing these songs because you knew in your head how to do them, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it was very comfortable. Well, it just Yeah, it felt a lot more comfortable than anything. Drums, then bass yeah. and all that. I hate recording like that because it's not how we play or rehearse or anything. So it's so strange yeah. not playing. Now we can only obviously record live. That's the only way we can do it now. <laughs> but, but overdubbing, I mean, you still do overdubbing where you have your own little moment of, mm. si- you know, your solitude moments where yeah. you'll be putting your extra keyboard lines on top of the ones you've already done. And, and you kick the rest but, of the band out. Yes. <laughs> Leave me alone. Yeah. But it was great. Like Stop we- looking at me. <laughs> so does That's it feel why- any different? Do you get ne- more nervous in the studio at all? Well, I not really... because of that, no, mm. because we're all there together. I mean, in in those moments where you're by yourself, it's nervous because you, you put the pressure on yourself. Yeah. But when we've got the five of us, we sort of take that, we ease that pressure on each other. Particular... Yeah, I suppose that is true. Yeah. I don't really, I remember a few years ago, I had this issue with recording because I was like, oh, it's so different to... Um, live and it's so kind of it's not this you know there's no people around me yeah. and blah, blah 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 and I always had a problem with trying to grab that energy of a live performance in the studio but then I remember my friend said to me look just pretend you're at the zoo in Brisbane <laughs> pretend it's really 35 degrees and it's really hot and, and you're doing a gig and you're doing a gig and I just shut my eyes and try to go there and then yeah, so I don't really get nervous. So that was a technique which worked for you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that helped me a lot. I remember it was Tony Childs who said that right, yes. on our first EP because I was really nervous. And um, and he just said, pretend you're on stage at the zoo. And mm. I went, okay. Do you use a similar technique anymore? Do you need um, it? 
Oh, now it's more natural. I do like yeah, we yeah, all have recording. Those little Everyone's got their own thing. Everyone's yeah. got their own little things like that. But we, yeah, we all definitely find oh. avenues like that to work within. Mm. As long as I can see the four boys, I'm comfortable. There's that much support within the group. Yeah, yeah. It's that it's reassuring. Yeah. Mushy, really. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking to you, Nick, is a revelation because I didn't realise it was uh, your idea to get George up and going because I just assumed it was the Noonans, you know, the brother and sister combination, putting the band together around their songwriting and vocalising. But you were the one who came up with the idea to form the band. Yeah, uh, it wasn't even an idea. It was a... A A mistake. Innocent mistake. It was, definitely. And and I I hadn't even met Katie when I had entered the the band competition at my uni. This was in 1996 at Gold Coast University. And my twin brother was living with Katie in a share house, an artist sort of drop-in centre. Drop-in centre. And um, <laughs> one night it was, you know, 20 musicians or whatever, and we, we got, about, I think it was 11 or 12 of them in this competition. I don't know how it happened. It was I, just this messy it was kind of... <laughs> well, you entered the competition centre. without a band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what he did. Yeah, that's And then it was exactly. like, well, the gig's on next week. We better kind of jam. <laughs> so we jammed. <laughs> what yeah. did you play? Well, oh, we I, had a song called Schmutz. <laughs> Ty had been playing in bands for a while, so he had a few original tunes up his sleeve kind of ready. Barsim was one of them. Um, Barsim was one of them. Bar and there was, was um, and I had a couple of embryonic song Nothing. things. How long did you have to play for? How long was the set? We had a half an hour set. Half an hour, I think, and, which uh, was so long. It was so we long. we go, oh, can we play for an hour? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, half an hour's too short. But in that half an hour set, there was at least 15 minutes of just improvised jam. Oh, yeah. Right. It was just, I was on here's a key, let's go. We're all kind of... Santana. Yeah. And, you, a, and you won the competition too. We went on to the Which state finals. Ridiculous. Yeah. How bizarre is that? It's just Very weird. Strange. Yeah. But then it, it got it went all the way down to seven. And the cello player left. It was six, and then it was my twin brother, uh, and then he left, and then now you have the five that you have. So go The success of George's debut album had a profound effect on the band. There were certainly lots of positives, but there were some challenges too. It took them two years to release another album, and in order to get their inspiration back, the members of George split off into various musical side projects. Here's Katie and Tyrone Noonan talking to Andrew Ford on RN's The Music Show in 2004. I suppose everybody told you that, you know, the second album was like the really kind of dangerous moment in your career. Mm -hmm. So what did you do about that? Um, (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) Everyone else seemed to be fascinated by the concept of the difficult second record and we've been together for eight years in April, so that's quite a long time in developing what we do as five musos. So, we, again, like Polystyrena, we had about 50 songs to choose from and we had the same production team with us, David Nicholas and Justin Tresseter, and we did the record at Byron Bay, which was far enough away from home but close enough to home if we needed to go home. And so we knew kind of what we wanted to achieve and um, we did take a short break from George just to reevaluate what we were doing so that we made sure that we're still doing it for the right reasons because obviously a lot of our external 
factors had changed since suddenly mm. more people knew about You'd what got we were famous. Doing. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I suppose that's what you call it. Well, yeah. you did, didn't you? I mean, you, I know you, you say you've been together for eight years. Of course, that's true. And, and that's, that's eight-year overnight success. A, it's a lot to sort of be able to kind of re- rely on, I suppose, that kind of uh, knowledge of each other. But mm. the last eighteen months weren't like the first. Six, Six and years. a half years. No, were they? <laughs> that was the most strengthening time for us because we went through this crazy roller coaster. But at any time when you felt that it was all getting a bit much, there were four people that were going through exactly the same thing as you, missing their family as much as you were, and you know everything. We had a great sense of camaraderie from that sharing that experience, and that formed the kind of theme behind the second record and the title of the record, which is Unity, because that's what we felt a sense of going into this record. There's a lot of stuff on, on, on the new record about um, about the, the situation that, that the band is in. I mean, it's still real, in fact, is, is, is about that, isn't mm. it? Uh, is yep. one, one of Ty's songs is about don't change, don't let them change you. Um, don't be jaded yeah. is another song. I mean, this is your rubber soul, actually, this album, isn't it? <laughs> um, I suppose it was very important to us as people to stay grounded and to kind of, yeah, remember why we do this and just constantly keep ourselves in check. So that's perhaps an underlying theme of the record. <laughs> yeah. I don't want you to make me jaded. Katie Noonan, you, you have a well, I was going to say a double existence. It's probably more than that. Um, but since uh, the last time you, you were all here, you, you, you put out uh, Elix, the Elixir album. Yeah. Does that? I mean, I know it's not exactly a, a, a complete escape from 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 uh, George because uh, you take Nick with you. Mm. Um, but but does when you come back to doing to working with with, with the, this group? You know, how, what kind of a difference does it make to have been off and done that album? Um, yeah, I think it's really important to um, step away from what is your main passion in life occasionally. George is still my main thing, but for me anyway, it works for me to get away from things and do different things to kind of refuel my... Um, you know, my passion and also to realise how much I enjoy the thing that I'm having a break from, you know what I mean? It's kind of like any relationship, um, you know, distance makes the heart grow fonder or whatever that is. You no, know. Is abscess makes the abscess heart grow fond you. My, my, <laughs> <laughs> absence makes the heart grow fonder. And that's the same with, I mean, we have an intense five-way, amazing, beautiful and intense relationship musically and personally and... Um, for all five of us, it's important to get away from that. And everyone's got side projects. Ty's been doing a jazz record. Paulie B plays in a band called The Neighbourhood, who are like a collective jazz kind of bitches brew style band. And Jeff's been doing different things. So, yeah, we all kind of step out and then come back in and regroup again. Shaking it, breaking it slowly. Unity was George's second and final album. In 2005, they split up and various members continued to pursue other opportunities. They did reunite to play shows at different times over the years and in 2021, George celebrated a special anniversary, marking 20 years since the making of Polly Serena. 
Katie, Tyrone and Nick spoke to Double J about the album and some of their favourite memories from that time. 20 years ago, I was a freshly in love young woman uh, with my then boyfriend, Zach, who's now my partner of 22 years. 20 years ago, I was up on Mangrove Mountain, just outside of Gosford in New South Wales, preparing to record the debut full-length album for the band George with my bandmates, including my sister, Katie. I was studying um, opera and jazz at the Queensland Conservatorium of Music and living in a very cool share house uh, in suburban Brisbane. Lots of different music parties we'd be jamming late into the night and when we weren't doing that we were off seeing other gigs and things like that. The music scene in Brisbane around that time was bustling, it was busy and there was a lot of people um, out and about all the time and uh, it was just really good sort of to feed off that. It's for bosses shaking hands And the house is shouting One of the reasons why George had such a special connection with our music fans at the time was largely due to the support of community radio and in particular Triple J and because we toured and toured and toured and toured and toured. A lot of living in and out of a Turaga. We went all over the country and really loved playing a lot of regional shows. And that was a big part of the George thing is that we would get to as many places as we could in Australia particularly down the uh, eastern seaboard and across to Perth and Adelaide as time grew. Playing live was a love of every single member of the band, Paulie, Kate, Jeff, Ty and myself. We just loved playing together. When we did get on stage, it sounded pretty much like the record a lot of the time too, so I think that goes a long way to saying why the fans connected so much with the record. Biggest surprise to us all when uh, this album, Police Arena, debuted at number one on the national charts. We were determined to sound like no one else, and I was always very determined to be as honest and as vulnerable and sort of, you know, bare in my lyric writing, which I guess people sort of connected with. We were very fortunate to have created an album that for a lot of people was almost like part of the soundtrack to their lives and I think that's something that all kind of musicians and songwriters aspire to but um, to be able to achieve that I think was uh, a very, very special thing. We were just trying to make a sound that was uniquely ours. The five of us at that time, it was a special magic time that was thankfully captured in this record. There's a certain part of our music I think that, that was kind of like healing music for people. We were always aspiring to make our music as meaningful as possible and I, I guess that really shone through, I guess, for this record.
of the special tracks from the album Polyserena for me uh, would actually be a track that we didn't really then play live too often again. Um, the song was called Chemical Dreams. Uh, it was a song that I co-wrote with uh, Tyrone. Uh, he and I, I had been inspired by Jeff Buckley for a long time. And um, it was just something that we started with a simple little riff and it built into what you now know on that record called Chemical Dreams. It's just a beautiful tune. It's one of those moments that um, my inspirations on a personal note found their way onto the record. So much so that um, I named my daughter Grace after the classic Jeff Buckley album, Grace. When I was young, it seemed that life was so wonderful. My favorite memory of recording Polyserena was a great moment of serendipity for me. We had this song called Strange Days, which had this beautiful kind of soft kind of verses and then this cool kind of almost Beatlesque kind of super trampy 10cc kind of vibe in the chorus. Well, at least that's what I was hearing in my head. <laughs> anyway, so I was uh, thinking, gosh, I wonder how I can get the super tramp keyboard sound because it's such a big sound, such a big part of the super tramp sound. Anyway, so I happened to go into the toilet and lo and behold, literally, I think the first or second magazine I picked up was like keyboard player and it was how to get that super tramp keyboard sound. And I looked up and it was really simple. I already had the electric piano, uh, a Whirly and or a Rhodes. For me, it was a Whirly. And uh, yeah, and it was the Boss Vintage, the Vintage Boss Chorus Ensemble, which fortunately, Mr. Gary, Gary Beers, who owned the studio, had one in his secret cupboard which he allowed us access to and so that was a fantastic moment for me so i was literally there's the keyboard plug it into that pedal bang there's the sound a special track of the album for me is probably the opening track release I am a forever frustrated guitar shredder and I remember writing that riff and I was in the back of the car driving in the Tarago from somewhere to somewhere and that riff just came to me and um, that song feels exciting and fun and it feels young and, and hopeful sort of thing, which I was and I still am, but, you know, it's, it feels like it really captures a youthful moment um, in my early 20s and uh, we had a lot of fun recording it and I have a good memory of um, Paulie B doing some of his beautiful hippie djembe on the intro and yeah, we just all had a really fun time with that song so that's why we opened the album with it as well. Looking back on Polly Serena 20 years later, I feel super proud. That was our first full-length album. We had made multiple independent EPs up until that point. But I remember thinking, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. Um, and I did really want my debut full-length album to be something that I was really proud of. And we were all, you know, feeling exactly the same way. So we worked really hard to craft a sound world that was unique and to um, make an interesting body of work. Essentially, it's a bunch of basically live recordings 
with some overdubs because that was how Dave Nicholas, our producer and engineer, who really was our sixth band member, and Justin Tresseter, who was our seventh band member, who were just two amazing gents who helped us make our sound worlds. But uh, Dave Nicholas, our producer, said that, you know, the only way he could really make sense of recording us was to essentially do it live in the studio. So that was an awesome thing, you know, quite a bit of pressure, but at the same time, it was just like doing a live show, really, just a, a different atmosphere. And, uh, yeah, it was a great thing to be able to do. It feels youthful and hopeful and um, excited, and we had an absolute ball. Yes, indeed, George had a great time recording Polly Serena, and fans have held the album close to their hearts ever since. Their history as a band might have been short, but it was mighty. There really was no one else quite like George. The J Files is a Double J podcast. Make sure you like, follow and share. Our producer is Gab Burke with production support from Phoebe Bennett and Sam Wicks. Theme music is by Art vs Science and you can check out Double J anytime on the Triple J app or at doublej.net.au. I'm Kaz Tran. Thanks for listening.